What's on your mind? Last year, when we were staying with friends, we all decided to have a movie night. I was asked what genre of film I enjoyed and replied, anything so long as it's no more than a 12 certificate. Understandably, I was asked if I was joking. It isn't a hard and fast rule with me, but on the whole, I'm only interested in easy, wholesome, enjoyable viewing, rather than any of the alternatives that often come with higher certificates. At the moment, many of us are viewing more TV than usual and probably spending more recreational time in front of a screen of some sort. How careful are we as to what we take in this way? One of the reasons I started these podcasts was to provide a little help with emotional and mental well-being at a time when our freedom has been curtailed and our social life shrunk to the bare minimum. Inevitably, this is likely to have a negative effect on many of us, but we can certainly promote our own well-being by choosing carefully the things that we allow to feed our minds. Take the news, for example. We understandably want to stay informed, but if we overdose on constant news updates, our inner peace will be compromised. We know that the food we physically feed ourselves directly affects our health and that suitable exercise is also beneficial. However, on the whole, we are much less careful about what we feed our mind and how we choose to exercise it. Lockdown could be an opportunity for developing better habits in this respect. I'm going to read one of my poems now, and this is called Windows of the Mind. What do you keep in there, may I ask? When you check out surreptitiously, your look is of despair. What do you keep in there? Are there memories of the past that haunt you? Fears of what's to come that taunt you? Has the lid come off the can without permission? Are the secrets crawling out from long repression? Beware of whispers in the shadows that linger in the air, of words that speak of darkness and catch you unaware, of images aplenty that jibe, torment and scare, and half-remembered stories weaving into your nightmare. Beware of what you keep in there. From that poetic warning, I'll move on to a few suggestions. Firstly, think of an activity that you would enjoy that will engage your brain. It could be reading, doing a crossword, practicing a skill, or learning something new, for example. Try to make it a regular feature of your current day-to-day. Secondly, Consider if there is anything that would be good to eliminate from your usual viewing, listening, reading habits and choose something else to do instead. Thirdly, if you have regular thought patterns that lead you to a less contented place, make a conscious effort to change the focus of your thoughts. Be prepared for the fact that it can often take some time for this to happen, but persevere and be patient with yourself. What's God got to do with it? 
As part of the sermon that we know as the Beatitudes, Jesus said, You have heard that it was said, You shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. Alarmingly harsh words. Jesus is saying that it will be better for us not to be able to see at all than to look in the wrong direction. His point being that what we choose to give our attention to is a serious matter. Philippians 4 verse 8 helps us with this choice and provides a list of nourishing food for our thought life. It reads, Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. That's great advice. I think I'm going to sneak in a fourth suggestion here. If you notice that something is taking up a lot of your headspace, is on your mind a great deal, weigh it up against that list from Philippians 4 and see if it meets the criteria. If it doesn't, then it's time to give your attention to something else. Romans 12.2 reads, Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This verse suggests that we have a job to do and that the transformation is not just something that we ask God to do for us, but is a cooperative renewal process between us and the Holy Spirit. As I've already said, it may take time and patience, but godly transformation is always worth it. I'll finish with a prayer. Lord, I bring to you the office of my mind in its current state and ask that you would bring your order. Help me to know what to discard and how to do that and show me how to make room for the new thing that you would do in me. Lord, I am choosing to cooperate with your Holy Spirit in this as I want my mind to know your order and your peace. For now I am choosing to fix my mind on all that is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent or praiseworthy, and to think about those things. Thank you, Lord. Amen. <laughs>